format, and so I'm like steeped in Erasable uh, right now. <laughs> so sorry. So that's been Title. like past several days. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Johnny Gamber and I'm joined tonight by Tim Wassum and Andrew Welfley, as usual. And I regret to tell you that this will be our last show <gasps> until two weeks from now when you'll hear us podcasting live. Yay! Yay! In person. <laughs> First time. <laughs> we'll be uh, on February 28th at the Baltimore Washington International Pen Show at 7 p.m. So... If you haven't RSVP'd on our website, erasable.us, go and do that so you can be on the guest list because we're debating who we're going to have as a bouncer, but we're going to have a bouncer. <laughs> and they're going to have like, you know, pencil sharpener blades and their rings it's messed up. I mean, clearly it's Brad, right? Brad's very tall. I think he would make an excellent bouncer. We need to find someone there who really hates pencils. Okay. Yeah. And then get them to be the bouncer and then never talk to them again. Mike Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been wanting to make this episode for a long time. It was, um, what, episode 106 in fall of 2018 when Henry Hewlin from Musgrave Pencil Company was on. And tonight we have Nicole and Tim Delger, who worked with Musgrave for its reinvention. And um, I don't know, like, Renaissance, it's awesome. Musgrave is, like, totally different on the user end than it used to be. So um, welcome, Tim and Nicole. Yay! Yay! Yay. Hey, hey, real, real quick. Tim and Nicole, is it is it Delger or is it Delger with the hard G? Uh, it's a soft G. Soft G. Delger. I come from northern Indiana where there's a lot of like uh, Amish and like people of German descent, and that, like any name like that would have would be a hard G, like Delger. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and it is German. That's the weird thing. Oh. Um, this is a question I've had to answer my my whole life, so I'm really used to it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when we have awesome. Caitlin, Caitlin Elgin on uh, Elgin on. I always want to put there a hard G on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us. This is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. You guys have small children, so that's always a challenge at night, as we know. But um, before we get into grilling you guys about Musgrave, we're going to do our tools of the trade and fresh points and do it on the faster side. So, Nicole, do you want to go first for tools of the trade and talk about what you're consuming and what you're writing on and with? Yeah. Um, so writing, I've been using the Tennessee Red, and um, I've, I've, I only write on one notebook, and that's a, the dot grid, um, um, what's it called? Oh, shoot. It's I get it at the Ghostly International store, the Behance notebook. It's a dot grid, and oh. it's spiral bound, and I love it, and I can't use anything else. That is an, uh, an Adobe branded notebook. Yes, I love it. It's nice. great. Yeah. Um, and then consuming, I'm listening to the body keeps the score right now, so we're getting deep quick. Um, but that is that is what I'm I'm listening to on Audible. What is the body keeps the score? I don't know that. Oh, it's a it's a book about trauma and how trauma like stays in your body. So oh. um, and then manifest. Oh, this is on my reading list. Yeah, it's great. I'm actually, I'm leading a little group of students at Vanderbilt. I went there and um, we're reading it. And so it's kind of part of that study. But it's, awesome. it's neat. It's it's really deep. It's good. I, that sounds really good. I'm glad you mentioned that because our I'm a teacher and our school has been starting this thing where they're doing uh, trauma-informed training mm -hmm. for us yeah. to like 
better understand like where our students are coming from and like our area. And like, that sounds, sounds really good. I'm going to check yeah. that out. Yes. And I actually, I tried to read it years ago just on my own because someone had recommended it. It's much easier to listen to. I think it's because like the content's so deep mm-hmm. and heavy that if you're reading it, you kind of have to put the book down and like take a deep breath. But if you're listening, uh, you can get through it a little bit faster. Well, it's unscribed, so I am downloading it right now. Nice. <laughs> or scribbed or whatever you call it now. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Tim? Tim Delger. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, I've been... <laughs> consuming a lot of uh, this podcast all about pencils called uh, the erasable <laughs> podcast because um, I wanted to Gross. be super familiar with um, you, know, <laughs> you guys in the format and so I'm like steeped in erasable uh, right now so, so sorry it's been Title. like past several days <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and as far as like writing with and on it's like usually whatever is in reach at work it's a lot of um, sharpie on like a free um free notepads that float around. Uh, I work in an ad agency, so it's mostly just scribbling thoughts here and there. Cool. Uh, how about you, Andy? Well, I have also been steeped in erasable, but <laughs> <laughs> only for logistics of various, uh, various things happening. But, um, uh, lately I've been watching, um, Star Trek Picard, which is, um, the the Star Trek: The Next Generation spinoff that just started airing a couple months ago and last month, um, it's uh it's it's really it's really good. I, so I'm a I'm sure if you listen to the show you know this I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and especially the Next Generation. And it's it's really interesting to see them sort of like modernize the characters and the dialogue because Picard will say something like I am totally not doing that. Which is not something that like that's not how the dialogue would have worked. In the, the <laughs> At least he didn't say totes. Really. Yeah, <laughs> totes not doing that. And the weird thing is, I think I was complaining about not complaining, but just noticing this. Uh, they they drop the f bomb a lot on Picard, and it's it's fine. Um, that's kind of like how how you do it now. Um, but it's just like jarring every time I hear it because you know it's a very PG rated show before. So. Um, having a character yeah just like drop the f word <laughs> just like wait what you think 300 years in the future we would have some like different swears happening <laughs> different these ones are timeless yeah that's a good point <laughs> um tim i I, th- I think you would i think you would like it because it, it, there are some parts of it that really feel like michael shabon um yeah so. and he he also is uh there's this after show that they show with um uh, Will Wheaton hosts host the after show, and they've had Michael shave on a couple of them. And that man needs to shave or something. He is he looks like a he looks like a yeti. A, yeah. yeah, he looks like he looks like a, a yeti. A yeah. yeti. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask about that, like with him being on there, because you know I I've talked about this before, but I have almost a non-existent Star Trek context, like in my life. I've never watched. I mean, I've watched like random bits here and there. Like to watch this, would it be? Would I need to go back and watch Next Generation first, or can I just dive into this? Or I mean, I'm I I plan to watch watch both, but I don't think better you, I don't think you need to, but I think it helps because they do sort of like call back to some of the stuff on the show. But of course, like the show was, you know, more than twenty years ago, so like it feels almost 
30 years ago. Jeez, a long time ago. <laughs> it, just, it just seems, yeah, it, it, it seems like somebody who didn't sort of have a love and appreciation for the original one, like, wouldn't really get a whole lot out of this. I think I think a love and appreciation for, like, Patrick Stewart would, could do it, but there's just, like... Or some, Michael Chabon. Or Michael Chabon, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, but I, I think it would be... I think it'd be good. So, um, I was I was writing with my um, my squire number two. Sorry, Tim. Um, in my little handmade <laughs> notebook, um, but I switched um, to uh, to my Tennessee red because it seemed appropriate for this show. I just muted, Aww, punched thanks. a wall. So. Yeah. I <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, Tim's uh, ten Tim's squires are hovering around Atlanta somewhere. So. <laughs> For like four days. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. so I will tell you that it is an open okay. line. Uh-huh. <laughs> In solidarity, but I opened them. <laughs> Sorry. I only opened one. That was that's our solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> and I hid the other ones from my children. Tim's Tim, what is your tools of the trade? Well, I have been consuming a lot of the name Nathan. I've realized, as I, I didn't realize this when I wrote these down, but both of mine involve that name. But the first thing is hmm. uh, a novel called Nathan Coulter by Wendell Berry, which is the the subject matter of our next recording of the membership podcast. And so this is really exciting because it's our first novel that we've talked about. Up to this point, we've only dealt with short stories, essay collections, and his poetry. So we're all really excited about that. So we record later this week, and so I'm rereading Nathan Coulter, which was... Wendell Berry's first novel that he wrote shortly after, I guess, kind of like right out of grad school or something. Um, but it's it's kind of a novella length book, and it's it's about the the protagonist Nathan Coulter who comes up a lot throughout um, throughout the Port William story, and it just follows him from basically birth until adulthood. So I'm rereading that, and I am listening to Nathaniel Rateliff's new solo album, which is called "And It's Still All Right." Uh, Nathaniel Rateliff of the Night Sweats, which is kind of his last, or I guess his like most famous iteration that he's he's been involved with for the last five years or so. He had a solo career before where he was kind of this folk singer, I guess you'd call it that, like modern version of a folk singer, playing a lot of solo shows. And then he started this neo-soul band, the Night Sweats, which took off, which um, is awesome. And I love them, but he's gone back to writing some of those other songs for this or some of the, the other style of songs for his solo album. And, uh, the solo album is inspired by uh, both the, the death of his best friend and his divorce. So it's a really heavy, it started like, I read a lot about the album and it starts out the, the writing of the album started out being very heavy as you might expect. Cause so much was going on that felt negative to him. But the album, when you listen to it, doesn't have that same kind of negative weight to it. As you can tell from the title, and it's still all right. Um, it has a kind of a upswing to it in the message. So I, I really love it. It's really good. Um, I've been listening to it for a few days, and it has helped me realize once and for all that I don't trust Pitchfork reviews at all. <laughs> so, um, I should have I should have accepted that long ago, but that snobby snobby BS has nothing. <laughs> like the review for this album, I almost linked the the review for it when I was putting it in the show notes. So I was like, "This review is so wrong." I'm just not even gonna, not even please, gonna. Please tell me, and I just did. Please tell me the pitch rock review was like, uh, and it's just all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, gosh, no, it was like 
oh, these folk singers writing about their feelings. <laughs> How cliche. I'm like, oh, my God. Get a life. Anyways, uh, but those two. So two Nathans, or Nathan and Nathaniel. Uh, <laughs> And I am writing with our pencil of the month, the 9852EW from Mitsubishi, and I am using a uh, moleskin pocket hardback notebook. Cool. Awesome. Um, I just finished a book this morning by um, Joan Didion called The Year of Magical Thinking, which oh, yeah. is about uh, the year. favorite book. Is it really? So my dad's best friend um, from when he was growing up passed away two weeks ago, and I was thinking of sending that to his wife, and I was like, maybe I should read it first. So I'm not sending it to her because it's too yeah. sad. Too Katie, soon. Katie has gone through this a few different times. She's like, oh, yeah, somebody's trying to deal with like some death and loss. And maybe I should send it to them. Like, well, no, they're just going to be like a mess. <laughs> yeah. It. It's very sad. But um, yeah. really, really good. I mean, I haven't read a lot of Joan Didion. So yeah. this is a good uh, inspiration to pick up some more. And uh, before that, I read The Miniaturist, which was, um, I, mean, I don't know what genre it is. It's just thick regular fiction but it's kind of spooky and weird and set in Amsterdam. And um, PBS picked it up, what, a year or two ago on Masterpiece? So I already knew the ending, but it was still a really, really good story. Um, lots of anti-religious sentiment, which is always amusing to see how people handle. And uh, weird details about how they bury you in a church and they have to like pick up the floor at night and burn incense because of the stench. Before they put you under there, I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, so yeah, and uh, I'm writing with Tennessee Red also in the field notes. Um, what are they calling it? Element Eleven, yeah, uh, whatever they are. <laughs> group, the, group Eleven. The, there you go. The uh, silver one, which is cool, but it's leaving silver dust like everywhere, and I keep thinking it's dirt. So uh, why don't we jump into fresh points? We're going so fast. Everyone besides me had coffee. Yay. <laughs> so, Nicole, do you want to go first yeah. again? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak for, for Tim and I because Tim Tim just wrapped up uh, some product photography for Mossgrave. And, um, <gasps> and in the next few days, so some of the, the Unigraph pencils uh, will be on there. And uh, the Choo Choo as well as some of the other kind of like iconic Mossgrave uh, branded pencils uh, are in the variety pack that aren't available just to purchase that's fantastic i just acquired two dozen of the unigraphs from uh pencil things who were going out of business they came today like that's such a pretty pencil what uh which core uh hb which is a little hard but there's always use for a little harder pencil yeah there should be a a handful of options i have to double check what's in in stock but that is fantastic 6h to 6b and i think even might even get it harder than that unigraph is the green one right yeah, they have yeah. that cool castle on there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So according to Amazon, they have three dozen left from Pencil Things on their Amazon store. But oh. they told me they had three, and I bought two of them. So uh-huh. who knows? But they did come pretty quickly. So yeah, that's that's Tim and I's fresh points. Okay. Johnny, that gasp was so pure, and I just want to acknowledge that. <laughs> Well, I forgot that I bought them, and then it was President's Day, so I didn't think the mail would come. But you know, Amazon can make the mail come on President's Day, and I opened them up like I forgot I got these. I forgot how pretty these are. This is so exciting. I'm like, oh, but these are the only ones I can get. Yeah, like this afternoon. Yay! Amazon doesn't have stuff like like 
employment laws and workers' rights or anything they have to deal with. So oh, this was like the USPS in Baltimore. They come for Amazon. Oh, like, even on Christmas Day every day. Yeah. In the Bay Area, they have like Amazon. Basically, they deliver their own packages because <laughs> because of course. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't use their own uh, blue vans. Yeah. So. Mr. The other to Mr. Tim, would you like to go next? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Tim too. I um, last time we we talked, we were talking about that new the new Blackwing sharpener, and I got mine in hand. It was like the the next day, maybe I got the the new Blackwing sharpener, and I finally got my hands on a couple of those uh, forty two Jackie Robinson pencil uh, pencil caps that Blackwing made. Oh, nice. I've been mean to get because I didn't get them through the subscription because I just I haven't been a subscriber. But uh, which those are those are great. But the 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 sharpener I have been just like in one sense in love with and using constantly, but also like immediately terrified that I won't be able to get a new blade for it, which I know you guys said they were going <laughs> to they were going to have those. But um, I just absolutely love that point that it puts on. Um, I actually like it better than the Pollux. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, question for you guys then. Do you find um, emptying it and reassembling it just infernally frustrating, or is it just me? Well, you're, oh, screw- you're screwing it. it for, like, forever. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I've yeah. got some... I'll, well, compared to a... I mean, aren't the the Squires... You, it takes, like, 45 minutes to unscrew those things, right? <laughs> to put in new... Yeah. So, that's not as bad. I, I also... I have, like, vivid memories of being in, like, high school and, and middle school and just disassembling and reassembling my pens constantly just because it was fun fun to me and so i do that all the time so i love (laughs) i love how uh i love taking it apart and putting back together doesn't bug me at all but it's a really really good sharpener like i gosh i really love my masterpiece but i honestly i think i like this more yeah wow yeah this is gonna do a drinking game while you guys are in town (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that like how like how well, we know that they've been working on it for a really long time and that definitely comes across because they i'm not gonna say have a tendency to but like several times they've released stuff and we've been like well they didn't maybe didn't think this out or think well, this all the way or, <laughs> like, and it and what, what's interesting is it just seems like all signs point to them like custom engineering it and designing it because mm-hmm. like they're not just it doesn't seem like they're just like sticking their you know, their logo on like a coom sharpener or something like this feels very bespoke to Blackwing. And we should probably figure out how to confirm that. But like, that's, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. So I think, yeah, they definitely were in it for the the long run with designing it yourself. You know that it's, <laughs> you, yeah. you don't have to have that fear of it disappearing one day. Cause I think this is, <laughs> is going to be around for a long time. Maybe that's just my insecurity, but I was just like, this thing is great. Right. So when I right. lose it, I need right. to make sure I can get another one. Right. Um, yeah, I love it using it every day. So, and I found myself even like protecting it by like pre-sharpening stuff and then like finishing it, <laughs> and that thing, which is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's a but I love that metal. it's got. I love that it's got a a short, like the collar, the wood collar of it is so short, but the point is so long. Like I, I don't know, it's it's perfect. And it, and I was wor- and it and I and I like it equally with different hardnesses, which isn't always the case with me for sharpeners. So, Nicole, um, have you tried the sharpener? I don't. I don't have it yet. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, they're terrible. <laughs> they are awful. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great thing. So I'm, I'm just really enjoying that. So I'm, I'm thankful for that thing. The only other fresh point I have is that I 
this is something we've talked about before, but I've never actually had one. But I finally bought, uh, got some composition notebooks from the decomposition, or the I got some decomposition notebooks from what's the designer's name, Michael Rogers. Ooh. Rogers, Michael Rogers. Yeah. So I'd had a pocket one that I bought with Johnny when we were in uh, DC together last, and I. I got who who was that that originally sent me the baseball? Was that you, Johnny? Um, yes, because I was drooling over another one. <laughs> okay, so they had they came out with this this one called the curveball, which is it's like it looks like a green uh, picnic tablecloth sort of, but then it has all kinds of baseball imagery over it, and I was just like, oh my gosh, that looks great! It's almost baseball season, um, and I was itching for something, like that. and so I looked it up, and then I decided to buy one and get some decomposition notebooks finally, and uh, man, did I do that! Because I ended up with um, six, so I ended up buying, <laughs> uh, I ended up buying a bunch, and just stocking up. Which I they showed up today, and I'm totally glad I did that because um, I've been kind of burning through notebooks lately, doing some uh, some writing, and these are just really fun. And so I got um, they got I got the curveball, which is that baseball one. I got one that's called Birdsong, which is it's like a bunch of tape cassettes with. <gasps> the, oh, I'm using the, that one right now. Nice. The ribbons pulled out and like birds flying through the ribbons from this cassette tapes. Um, I got several of the one which, Johnny, you like the Redwood Creek, which having that one in hand is like, I mean, it's it's kind of stunning. I mean, that they I didn't realize that they printed this cabin in the trees like straight onto the cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not realize that because some of the other ones, I mean, most or actually all the other ones that I got were, uh, you know, printed onto, they like put down a, a white primer or whatever or like they put down a white base and then painted over it so it is absolutely gorgeous so that's definitely my favorite one of the bunch but i got a few of those which i'm thankful for um so yeah by the time we get to baltimore in a couple weeks i'll probably already be be using one of them when i finish the notebook i'm in now i might have like 10 of them sitting here if you forget them okay (laughs) yeah um i'll steal a few all right andy how about you (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like all my updates are just sort of like, you know, show news. Um, uh, first, a quick update on the Squires is, uh, which is that um, Tim doesn't have his yet. Tim does not have a Squire yet. I just wanted to, all of you to know that. <laughs> um, all of them have been sent out, and uh, there are a few that uh, ever, like a diminishing amount of them have like, you know, just like new label printed, not in not in system. Which I don't exactly know why that is, but I think it's just like you know maybe they forgot to scan it or maybe the barcode wasn't readable for some reason. Um, everything's out and on their way, and I've not gotten anything returned to me yet. So um, hopefully the international folks should be getting theirs in within this week, um, and people in the U.S. should be should be almost almost done with them. Um, mm-hmm. So and yeah, big kudos to Andy for doing all the shipping. Oh, and yeah. honestly, it was not that big a deal at all i i have a i have shipping down to a system like so that's only because you've done it so many times yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they they're i i think they turn out absolutely gorgeous Um, oh yeah yeah they look really good um it's about the same color of yellow as the bolt if anybody remembers the bolt um and i um something i like I like to play with is I like to take the pink uh, twisty off and put on a, a green one for my experiment. It looks like a Ticonderoga. Um, yeah, that was cool. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, these are, these are gorgeous and I'm really, 
really happy with how they turned out. Um, the blue refill is nice. It's a really good color. Yeah, it's it's such a like a dark dark blue, um, like a not quite a navy, but like a dark royal blue. Um, already thinking about putting a green refill in just because I I like green ink. Um, but yeah, I Baron Fig did just a just a bang up job on that. Looks so good. Um, and thank you all for for ordering and for supporting us. So we we can uh, you know not have to starve all in Baltimore. <laughs> I I had a little bit of a uh, like a little bit of a teary eyed moment when you sent us that picture of all those squires in a like in the boxes like when they they arrived at your house yeah. and I was just thinking about how amazing it was like all the support from people who listen who bought those because it was just you know we knew how many we sold but it's yeah. one thing to know a number and then to see them in a box and I was like man people Super. are amazing and yeah. I am so thankful for these cool people who are listening to our podcast I mean it was because that's that made just made the to have not just a difference of it's not like giving us an income. It's it's giving yeah. us money so that we can be together for the first time in five, yeah. six years or whatever it's been yeah. since we almost so, I, mean, I I can't um can't stress enough how it's like amazing it was to see that picture and just for to see people support like this. So the the day that they came, um I was down in Mountain View having dinner with uh John Morris, who was in, in the Bay Area. Um that was really fun. And John and I traded stickers and just talked about talked about erasable stuff with pencil stuff. Um, and uh, he kind of like solidified his plan to offer another erasable community Blackwing run. Which, um, if anybody took part last time, um, I, when was that, Johnny? Was that like two years ago? Less than uh, summer eighteen, I think. Yeah. So it was right after Blackwing started offering um, custom imprint Blackwings. And he did one for the erasable pencil community. Um, and it's basically just a big group order to get this done. And since then, we've grown a little bit. And, you know, people might be using up some of those. Um, so he's going to be doing a, a new run of, of erasable black wings. So if you are not in the Facebook group, um, <laughs> join the Facebook group or else uh, get in touch with John Morris. I'll put a link to his, his shop and show notes uh, to kind of otherwise order. Um, it, is not, it is not an erasable podcast black wing. Proceeds do not go to support us in this podcast, which is totally fine. Um, it is it is going to sort of like you know show that you're part of the community and and taking part in that. So yeah, just a quick announcement there. So last update, um, and this one is not as not as great as the Squire update um, because of the Squires and because of some day job things and because we're going to Baltimore. Uh, I am super delayed on getting Plumbago Seven ready to go out the door. So. Uh, I'm going to send out an email to pre-orderers pretty soon, but I apologize for the delay. Um, and it's probably going to be looking more like early March by the time we get that done. So uh, we're kind of changing up the erasable release schedule anyway. Um, we're going to try to do kind of like a spring-fall release instead of a summer-winter release. Um, so it'll probably be October by the time we send out issue 8. So apologies on the delay. Um, it's just been <laughs> there's been a lot going on, which is great. Um, yeah, cool. Oh, good. Yeah, that is that is it for my fresh points, Johnny. How about you? So I only have one fresh point, and that is on Saturday, um, February 29th, from four to ten p.m. at the Right Notepads Bindery, which is in uh, Pigtown in Baltimore. We are co-sponsoring an open house with Mohawk Paper at Bindery. So there will be 
uh, wine, beer, maybe some food, and periodic tours of the press room where they have the Heidelbergs. And um, some people from Mohawk will be there with paper samples. So it's going to be really awesome. You get a hug from each of us if you come, or at least from one of us. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do, do it. it. I love hugs. Stay away from my arm though, because it's gonna be a little tender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll have new tattoos. So we can pull yeah, you aside and be like, "Hey, go smack Tim in his arm." <laughs> <laughs> definitely won't get infected. Definitely yeah. won't get infected in a dirty, dusty. Do that early in the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably still have our meat wrappers on at that point. <laughs> yeah. Which is really gross. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. I can't wait. Yay. Yeah. Nicole and but, Jenny, um, are you coming to Baltimore? Are we? Um, don't we, we mean to put you on the sitter. Yeah, okay. we, get, we, we gotta get a babysitter that night. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. Pop up. Y'all are gonna I have mean, a blast, though, man. That's gonna be so much fun. You're finally together. The band is getting together. <laughs> so, ironically, like, we could just play music. Well, you could. Yeah. You could I'll, play drums. I'll I mean, play everyone the there's gonna be, people will I'll be drunk anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll play the triangle. <laughs> you could play a tambourine. I can bring my acoustic bass. Tim can bring an acoustic guitar. We'll get you a cowbell, Andy. You <laughs> thunk, 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 That's thunk. all you need. And we'll get someone there to tell you to play it more and more. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be Chris, Chris, Chris Roth. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, um, Right Notepads was doing a um, like an RSVP thing off their email list. So if you want to come and you want to RSVP and you can't find another way to RSVP, I guess you can drop us an email or you could drop me one at editor at pencilrevolution.com and I'll get in touch with them. Nice. I can't wait. That'll be oh, really, that'll be really fun. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Four yeah. to six is a long time. So yeah, if you're in Baltimore, you can find some time to swing over there. If you want to see Johnny just, just like hammered, you know, <laughs> I'll probably just be sitting there drinking coffee, yeah. <laughs> holding a, holding a can of something you're like that's warm. Like I know. <laughs> Maybe there will be some black wing water there. Yeah, we're drinking beer. <laughs> so um ever since you know we spoke with Mr. Hewlin and have watched Musgrave just like every month become more and more awesome and have really cool new designs and interactions with people who use pencils and even new pencils. We've been wanting to sort of get the scoop from people who work with Musgrave, but who aren't Musgrave. So we have some questions for Nicole and Tim Delger about working with Musgrave and like, I don't know, I mean, I'm overstating it, but like completely remaking Musgrave from a pencil user's perspective. So um, first we, we know that you've both helped Musgrave to transform itself from an interesting manufacturer of pencils, which they always were, to a company that makes like really cool new stuff and speaking only for myself, we're learning to love them in a whole new way. But we know nothing about you two. So as much as you're comfortable sharing, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your work in general? Yeah, well, first, thank you for those kind words about um, our work with Musgrave. So we really want to acknowledge and appreciate that. Yeah, it feels good to uh, hear that we're doing, you know, we're doing the right thing. So thank you, guys. Um, far as us man it, it's always been really hard for us to describe like what we do or what we sort of are um i mean we're a married couple and we like each other so that helps a lot um <laughs> we both come from an advertising background so we met in an advertising agency 
um, in Texas. And, you know, after living there for a while and getting married, we've, we've sort of bounced around the country. Um, for me, taking different jobs in different advertising agency. I'm an art director and creative director now. And so throughout all those moves, Nicole um, moved away from being just in the advertising agency world and started her own thing, uh, doing branding and marketing and communications type of work. And then also sort of mixed into that is we've always been doing just weird creative projects together um, on the side. So we did like a line of furniture made from old street signs and sold those online. Or I did this thing called the hipster logo design guide years ago that like sort of weirdly blew up online. So we, Was that, we kind of worked together. I remember on that. that. Was that the thing um, where you projects could projects like... for, you know, Oh, hang on. You don't, <laughs> they're interrupting. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was that the thing where you could like generate like two yeah. logos and it was like bourbon and branch or whatever? It was, uh, yeah, it was not an interactive generator it was more like a uh sort of a cynical infographic about the state <laughs> of uh logo design at the time yeah it's totally it crazy that like, yeah that's awesome. we, um you know we 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 always do all these projects we call it like kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall the refrigerator and you see what sticks and so some things you know we thought were gonna be huge and and didn't go so well and we were like huh and then with the hipster logo I think we were at a wedding that weekend. You were like, this is really funny, right? I'm going to put this online. He had worked hard on it. And then I'd say within eight hours, it was like a million tweets. And we were on the phone <laughs> with Wired and Fast Company. And, and we were like, what? Why didn't we put an ad on this site? You know? <laughs> but, so, yeah. So, we always do do weird things. So, we did, yeah, did that. We produced some films for Dremel, the tool. Uh, some short web films and then did some work for solo cup too. Cool. So we're sort of like, um, well, I, I like to think of us as like a, a SWAT team for branding and marketing because we're not, you know, we're not necessarily like an ad agency or a branding firm, but we are like a pretty powerful duo when we get to work together on these kind of interesting projects. So I can't not ask if you two were at all involved with getting solo connected to the movie solo from the star Wars franchise. <laughs> we, we are not our, it, okay. our, our client at Brie, I think had a big, big part of that. And that's who we, yeah. we answered to. It was a, it was a smaller, smaller thing for solo cup, but really fun. She's a great <laughs> the joy that just the right. joy that brought me like walking through the grocery store and seeing <laughs> like, of course, oh, of thank course. you. Thank you. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, it's deeply satisfying. Finally making that <laughs> pop culture connection. It's so obvious, but also it was like, thank you for just doing it and getting it over with. Yeah. I was, <laughs> it was, it was I definitely bought some just for that. But, um, yeah. Sorry. Did, this is where we're going to have one of those awkward pauses. Did you have something else you you wanted to tell us about? Like anything else you want to tell us about before we go on to the next question? Well, no, that's just it. it. It's like we, we probably sound like the, the, two most disorganized people because we can't even describe what we do but it's uh it's always been a struggle so if if you if that's not clear i'm having to keep trying no no no, no. you're good you're good <laughs> i just i want to make sure that i wasn't cutting you off so, no. with my stupid star wars solo <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay. so so yeah tell us more about you then Tim. yeah, yeah so yeah. <laughs> first time i saw star wars i would uh, <laughs> i still have my millennium falcon okay uh, <laughs> So, you know, we're 
endlessly excited talking to you guys because what you are doing with Musgrave to us just I mean it just seems like a dream gig like just a really cool opportunity I mean before you guys came along and worked with Musgrave Musgrave was one of the companies that we would just like bring up from time to time be like man there's just so much potential there's so much you could do and there's like it's it's great to have a pencil maker here in the states but we really just wish they would would catch up and so i, I would we wish love they to would get a damn new website as well we <laughs> yeah, it's God, pencils.net yeah. <laughs> ordering pencils by like product number where you're like yeah. of two dozen of product number three five seven five four or whatever it was yeah. uh, but so how did you come to work with musgrave how did that how did that connection happen between you and this american pencil company uh First of all, it is a hundred percent a dream gig. So you're you're right on the money there in terms of the potential, and uh, it's also like they are just dream people. So it's like I can't even overstate how much of a dream gig this is. Uh, so that is accurate. Yeah, there's there's cool. definitely there's buy-in and and trust, and and it just feels like, um, yeah, we're we're able to present ideas and not feel, you know, you know, in, in advertising, you might put some ideas up and it, somebody with a big ego is nitpicking things or, you know, questioning you or things like that. And it feels like we're really on a team and that is really wonderful. And it makes us want to work harder and it makes the work better. And so everybody kind of wins. So we have, I feel like every time I tell a friend about this client that I work on, I'm always like, and it's the best. I I just, I love it so much. I have so much gratitude. I, I think we express that every day in, in different ways. Um, so how do we kind of work with them? Um, I, you know, they, I, they just reached out over email. I think they were looking for somebody in Nashville. Um, and I, I mean, I literally got a random email in my inbox and, um, from, from member of the board and clicked it. And then of course I went to, uh, the old website and just like you guys, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so amazing. Much potential. Yeah. <laughs> so much potential. And, um, and I, I, mean, I feel like it was so, it really, I, I remember where I was standing in the house. I, it really like it, it was, it was this awesome email to get. And, and so I, I went to write back and Tim was outside with our girls and I said, you know, Hey, come look at this email. Look how cool this is. It's pencil factory reach out and, Tim looked at the email and had so many exclamation points and like smile emojis. <laughs> he was like, I think you should act like you've been, you know, asked to pitch a business before Nicole. I was like, oh, right, right, right. But I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so then we were like, Hey, you know, we really got to bring it and, and really put a lot of thought into, um, when we did present work to them, you know, as we really wanted to, to work with them and to secure that piece of business. So, mm-hmm. The rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's really interesting to note how, um, to think about how people think or feel about pencils and how that's something you can influence or something that you can change. Um, how has your thinking about pencils changed since you started working with Musgrave? I mean, I came at it like totally cold or, or you know, with the same relationship, I guess, anyone would have with pencils. <clears throat> but I had heard a, a story about them on our local NPR station, like maybe a few months before um, Nicole got the email. And so it was sort of this like standard um, American manufacturing, little bit of a curiosity thing. But, I, you know, the sort of the factory aspect was really fascinating to me. And then um, when we did start working with them, 
you know, more than one person would say something like, uh, people still use pencils, you know, that kind of thing. And then you sort of can start to have the conversation with them of like, well, yeah, you know, think about a hotel or a golf course or an oyster bar or something like they're all over the place. And then that sort of tends to, um, sort of pique someone's memory of like, oh yeah, you know, they have some memory about school or something they picked up along the way somewhere in life. So there's always this little bit of um, an affinity there to it when you just start to remind people, um, you know, about about those little details. And I think they're just, the pencils are so um, ubiquitous. They're all over the place that they're easy to take for granted. But then when you take a moment to sort of appreciate, you know, all that goes into it, uh, it, it can be uh, a fascinating sort of simple little object. I know that uh, I like to go to estate sales. And so now I'm like rummaging through, you know, Ooh, the, the, yeah. drawers the office or the, you know, the garage to see if I can find some, some weird old pencils that somebody else has just passed up. So I've definitely gotten appreciation for it. Um, the more I've learned. Yeah. And I, I think when I talk to, to friends about it, I think people that collect pencils are really interesting now, of course, mm-hmm. you know, me, especially managing the social media. So, um, I, I, it's like, this is, I tell friends, like, this is something people really care about. You know, it's like wine or coffee. People get a taste for pencils and the nuances between them. And, and they really, they, they come to love them. And, and I have too, you know, it starts to, you, you pick up on it. And now I, I notice just like Tim was saying, all those things. And so I think the thing that changed for me about, um, pencils is like, oh, this, there's, people out there are so passionate about it. You know, your listeners, you guys, like it's, it's really so, cool on our Some idiots to have even made a podcast it about it. <laughs> yeah, you know? Nerds. But that's cool. That's, yeah. that's cool, you know? So um, I'm maybe speaking for, only for myself, but probably not. We are all in love with Tennessee Red. So aside from that, because I assume that might be your favorite pencil, what are some of your favorite pencils? Musgrave or not, yeah, we we are really proud of the Tennessee Red. Um, I don't, we can't take credit for the idea, but we're we're super um, proud of how that turned out and our our small role in that. For me, it's hard to beat the the harvest um, for Musgrave, especially just after hearing those guys talk about it and and sort of just the the simple look of it and the gold on yellow. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, I, you know, out well. Before I started working on Musgrave, I was a I was a pen user, guys. I hope that's okay to say on the air. <laughs> Get off my show. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you guys later. Edit um, that I've always, always, always written with pens, and so the 600 News is like a bridge, mm-hmm. like a gateway drug, because uh, that 600 News is super soft, and so it's almost like writing with ink to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got to feel like, oh, this is my favorite. That was like my go-to to almost like break an old habit. Cause, cause now I only write with pencils, of course, it kind of like live and breathe it in that way. But, um, so I, I have this fondness for the 600 news and then outside of, of Musgrave, I love a good novelty pencil. So uh, <laughs> the camel rainbow pencil with the, like the, you know, the six color in the core. Oh, those are awesome. Those are I awesome. love it. I love it. I, I have a bunch that I bought from CW and I, I keep for little kids birthday parties. I have to say the the pencil shaped exactly like a cigarette uh, just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that one too. it's amazing. So, um, follow up question: 
What are your other favorite um, pencil things, like sharpeners, erasers, etc.? Well, I, I had I had posted on my personal Facebook page. I, oh, maybe I had okay. I had read it on the Erasable podcast Facebook group because I was like, I really need a good electric sharpener uh, because my kids put a pencil in there backward multiple times. Put eraser first and like a cheap sharpener anyway and so i had post i had i had researched and it was like oh vintage electronic sharpeners are where it's at because they're he- you know heavier in the way it makes it sharper so i was like cool i'm gonna find that so i posted on my facebook does anybody have a vintage pencil sharpener they're gonna sell and then you know uh, then actually i got a bunch of comments like yeah i love mine i'm never gonna sell it to you <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> oh, i gotta find a whole vintage <laughs> sharpener and not like the next day I got a text message from a friend and she was like, I'm at a garage, at an estate sale. There's two sharpeners. Do you want me to get them for you? But I didn't have her number saved. So I was like, yeah, who dis? <laughs> I had no idea <laughs> uh, who it was. And so anyway, I have this old Panasonic sharpener that my friend Corey um, got for me. And it was, it's awesome. It's so great. I was probably from the seventies or something. Um, so that's my, my favorite pencil thing. And I have it hidden in my office, which is also kind of a, <laughs> room for our kids so they don't damage it um but yeah so that's that's my favorite so i I am slow i'm slowly kind of collecting and i feel like you guys are probably a couple years ahead of me on um, collecting Mm -hmm. pencil things but but i'm i'm working on it it's it's not a rabbit hole you want to just like fall down into like too quickly (laughs) so i think i think you're i think you have a healthy a healthy pace on that it's also one of those rabbit holes where you're like you like one night like go crazy and order a bunch the next year like wow i bought a lot of pencils last night and then you look at the bill and it's like 17 dollars yeah like, all right could have done worse there maybe. yeah <laughs> could have been decomposition <laughs> notebooks for example yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving back to musgrave i mean you guys as, as while you've been there there have been new pencils a new website a new web store uh, when you started out with them what was what were some of the initial actions you took when starting to work with such a old and well-established company like Musgrave? I mean, the biggest thing was to just get in there and learn as much as we possibly could. So we, you know, there was a little bit of information online as far as the history and, and sort of what we were looking at, but going down there to the factory and meeting those guys and, and, you know, taking a tour was the most valuable kind of first step. I mean, we, we just went and soaked it all in uh, with no, you know, agenda other than like we just want to see what this is all about and really learn as much as we can. Um, and then, it, you know, in our initial sort of pitch document to them, which was based off of, you know, almost no knowledge other than what we could find online, we just had suggested like, you know, it looks like we could build a new website. It looks like we could do some uh, photography, and it looks like we could tell the history um, of this company in a, in a little bit more, you know, in a little bit better way. Um, so it was just like these foundational elements, like uh, doing a photo shoot. So we did hire a photographer and went and spent a whole day, you know, in the factory, like really thoughtfully documenting every every piece of the process and every beautiful tool. Yeah, we worked with a, a woman named Emily Dorio who's based here in Nashville who's super-duper talented. Um, she shot – Emily's 
shot like a lot of hotels and she also does food photography and restaurants. So we knew that she would have an eye for getting like really close up, you know, getting close up, being able to capture the machines and being able to capture the vibe. And she really blew it out of the water. And that gave us a big trove of photography to be able to do a lot of different things that we needed to do. Sorry. Yeah, no. So, so we, we sort of built that library of photography knowing that we were going to use it on uh, the website and then like heavily, of course, in social media. And then the other sort of most kind of poignant moment, I guess, for me starting out was when they just handed us a, a, a FedEx box full of old photos from their 100-year history. Like some of these were old prints from like the 30s, some of which had been digitized and some of which hadn't. Mm, and so love the drive back, the drive... The drive back home uh, with that box of photos in the car was like, okay, you know, we got precious cargo here, you know, <laughs> and uh, it was like th the first thing was, was like we got to get these digitized and you know, on some safer uh, storage idea than a than a FedEx yeah, they had, box. Yeah, but they had been scanned, but it was like we needed, we wanted, it, we wanted it scanned our way, you know, so yeah. get it, get it just right. <laughs> um, so nice. Well, so I, th I mean, we've mentioned it before on this episode and before, but like the the transformation of Musgrave is just really, really remarkable and something that we are so glad to see. Um, and if you if you can talk about it, and maybe if if you can't, that's totally all right too. I would love to hear some of like the most difficult challenges and some of the best victories that you've had, um, especially considering that you know Musgrave is kind of an old company and that might be resistant to some change. Yeah, I mean. I've we found that they haven't been too resistant mm -hmm. at, at all. They've been really welcoming and and super trusting of um of stuff that we want to do. And and I also think that we're we're not going in there um like with all these crazy weird ideas. We know we're pretty responsible with the thinking that it's we're like, we're bringing to them. So um, let's get that Henry hasn't Hewlin on been an issue at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, definitely not doing. <laughs> <laughs> no TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't oh, mean to in, interrupt you. No, there there were just a handful of things like the uh, telling, just telling the history of the company for for one was uh, a big one for me because it was there's so much just richness there, and so to get that in in a place online that um, is a little bit more that full story with some of the images felt like a really just a really big piece of it for me um and then uh you know i don't know like the customizer thing that we put on the website was a real beast to to get all the little assets for that together and uh, i think we'd like to keep expanding on that thing but that was uh that was one that we felt like really needed to be there and also took just lots of work to get to get that into a good place yeah to go back yeah to go back to to challenges and um that, that you guys have seen, you know, when we got the Tennessee Reds out for Christmas and, and the Harvest Professionals, um, we ended up having that delay yeah. <laughs> shipping where I had to like personally I, I email every person that had ordered in. That was some, it would have been fine if it wasn't like, oh, you know, the holiday season, yeah. you know, it's like timing actually really, really matters and you can't get down to the wire where if I think that had happened at any other time of the year, I'd been like, meh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a week late. 
<laughs> like I lost in the mail, whatever. I don't know, you know, but it, it was important for us to be really transparent. Like, oh, hey, there's a delay. Are you, are you traveling for the holidays? Do you need it shipped somewhere else? Do you want to cancel? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and that was, you know, that, that learning curve was, was really just kind of going into the, the holiday season. That was our first year, I think, to have some retail products during the holiday season. We all learned a lot and we'll definitely approach holiday a lot different this year. But you know, it's those kind of learning curves that, um, that we, we work through and, you know, everybody at the factory kind of understood where, where we had yeah. improve and do better. And, you know, it's on me to start planning way, way, way earlier for a holiday. Um, yeah. Well, I think still, I mean, the, the product for, for me, it was well worth it. I oh, yeah. Yeah, loved what you <laughs> put out. So, and the, um, the theater boxes were out in time. I had mine on Christmas morning. Mm. I knew it was yeah. coming. I saw a big heavy box come from Tennessee. <laughs> Before Christmas, I was like, "Sweet, got the one thing I wanted." Yeah, the, the cedar pro- the cedar boxes were ready to go, and then we we thought the twelve packs were going to come sooner. And I thought, "Oh, our customers going to be mad if we like release a new product and they can only have this more expensive version." And then a week or two later, we come out with a more affordable version. That was actually my thinking. So I was like, "Let's put them all up," <laughs> and then it was like, "Oh, the twelve packs, ah, there's a delay." So it was like, you know, it's interesting that it was like. I actually put them all online thinking I w- we wanted to be able to to have people at any price point be able to buy. Because I, I think I would have been like, oh, you know, if if, if buying a, a nice fancy box was a real splurge for me financially, I would have been really sad if I had seen a lower price point come through and I was excited about being a pencil, you know, getting this new type of pencil. So anyways, it's like, um, what is it? No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> so that was what happened there. Yeah. So, um, speaking of gorgeous pencil boxes, um, you guys have t-shirts, like a lot of t-shirts and genius you know, idea, by the way. yeah, there's a new website, like everything about Musgrave, except for the classic pencil imprints looks completely different now. So I guess this question is for Tim. Can you talk about, um, the work you did on the design and, um, I guess it's the design work for Musgrave. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, for for me starting out with them, um, <clears throat> it was it was easy to make the distinction between the company Musgrave and the brand. And so the the company was like doing awesome. Like right? they had no problem. They they in some ways didn't really need to upset the apple cart um, because they were doing just fine. And they've been you know they'd survived for a hundred years and they're thriving and they're. Um, they've got like great accounts and so it's well managed. And so the, the company was doing awesome. It was just that the brand was not really telling the story, um, that like rich heritage story as well as it could. So, you know, I felt like the most responsible thing to do from a design standpoint was to just not necessarily touch all of that old stuff, but just bring it out and, and show it in its best light that we could. So, you know, all the imprints on the pencils, like, I mean, you'd be an idiot to try to change the way that the harvest pencil looks or any of those classic old, um, designs. And so it was more like, let's just keep all this, but then just showcase it and allow that to be sort of an entry point to tell this, this American heritage story that these guys have in a really genuine way. I mean, there's other brands out there who would just die to be able to have photos like this of an old factory and to tell to oh, truly yeah. 
you know, honestly tell this American heritage story. So that's really what we wanted to like protect and to put out there. And so, you know, as far as like the, the design stuff for the logo is the only really new, new thing that we created for them uh, to start out with. So, you know, I mean, I was just like so obsessed with looking at these old photos of this factory floor. And if you go on the website in the history section, you can see a lot of this stuff. And uh, for the logo, I was just like, I was also trying to find, you know, dig through and just find like, oh, there's got to be just an old logo that we can sort of bring back to life here instead of having to reinvent something new. And so if you look at some of those photos uh, on the site, you know, you can start to see the word Musgrave and the way that they wrote it on the side of the building or on the side of these trucks, these delivery trucks and stuff. And it wasn't necessarily um, like a logo, I guess, in the, the sense that we use it now, but there was a specific way that they were using that and that, that sort of old, like lots of type and, you know, official looking, you know, seals and stuff. And so um, the idea was just to echo that stuff and, and build, um, build a logo around those ideas. So, that's the way that the the logo came to be with uh, a sort of a script typeface as a secondary thing to, to reference, you know, handwriting. Um, and then built around that is a couple of other elements like a seal that you'll see every now and then that has more things about Shelbyville and the, the date um, that they were founded and all those, those, those ideas. And then the M in the diamond comes off of the series pencil and I think they probably mm. used that idea in a couple of other pencils throughout the past. Uh, so we sort of just dug those elements back up and put them all together uh, to make, you know, to make the brand um, what it is now. So, you know, it was never about we're going to we're going to totally rebrand this company. It was more like how can we revive the brand um, for, you know, for the current needs, mostly just what's going to work on the Internet, you know, and, and how's it going to work in the market today? Yeah. If you, you know, mm -hmm. if you didn't already know about pencils for us it was like oh we have this it's not a secret you know that we get to tell right. you know and that was that was exciting to to, to be able to talk about musgrave and said can you believe this company's you know it's been here for 100 <laughs> years and it's been right here yeah we're so we're genuinely excited about it and we think that comes through in the work so i mean it's really cool to hear you talk about you know pulling from the remnants of their history um did you also look to so kind of the history of pencil branding as you were going into this, or were there certain things you, you pulled in, in uh, inspiration from in that world? Because it's, it's been around for so long in our country. I just didn't just curious to hear if there was something else that you were, uh, you know, getting inspiration from. Well, I mean, I, I de we definitely both read, um, a couple of books about the history mm -hmm. of pencils and became pretty familiar with, um, you know, the, the sort of the European side of the history and then the way that Musgrave came to be here and, you know, where pencils kind of originated in America and, and all those details. So that probably mm -hmm. informs informs everything on a more of a subconscious level. But um, but for Musgrave branding, it was more of like what is what is very, very true about that company and what can we um, what can we pull from? So, I mean, I know like. You know, I, I do know that the uh, something in a diamond logo is is exists elsewhere in pencil world. Uh, so that was sort of like something we had to pay attention to. But um, 
it wasn't it wasn't about telling the story of the history of pencils as much as telling the story of the history of this company. Yeah, I like this I like this logo because it's like a diamond meets like the Gmail logo. And so I think it's <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it works really well. <laughs> I have to pull up the Gmail logo. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, oh, oh my gosh, Tim, that's so funny. That would make um, a cool sorry. tattoo, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if I can interrupt with one really, really specific question. On the, um, the Tennessee Red, uh, the closest um, sort of piece of imagery to the feral is a little red circle with three stars in it. Yeah. Um, what's the story about that? Yeah, I know. That That is called the TriStar from the Tennessee flag. Yes. it's a, it's Oh, wow. Tim, yeah. how do you know that? Yeah, I've heard of that it's before. Our, it's our state flag. Yeah. Um, so, that was one of my favorite features when that pencil came out. That just I love I love that. Uh, that sounds like a tattoo. little detail. I have there you know there there are three pencil podcasters thinking about what tattoo to get next or in two weeks, <laughs> and that's three stars, and there are three people mm-hmm. that host it. <laughs> People are gonna ask me what connection I have to Tennessee, and we're like, uh, there's some pencil companies there. Like, this is gonna take some explanation. Yeah, yeah. You guys complicated. haven't decided on your tattoo yet. You just know. Oh that you're god, this get is one. a whole thing. Okay, yeah. sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Should we should like, we pause and and take tattoo? No, we, no, no, no. That's uh, fine. We can. So, doesn't it seem like if you were to meet two of your <laughs> best friends from the past six years, to, and you get together and commemorate? That you're there by getting a tattoo. Doesn't it seem like you would want to get the same tattoo, like matching tattoos? Well, are you all tattooed? I have. I, I do not have one. Andy um, and I are starting from, from scratch. Johnny yeah. is. is I have many. With him, so he's. Yeah, I have many tattoos. Yeah, this is too complicated <laughs> for me to get into. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like it's like tattooed. do you do you revolve around a theme or do you try to get something that matches? Um, to me, you're all getting a pencil struggle. tattoo, right? Like that's the obvious. I mean, that's what I thought, but who yeah. knows what Johnny's doing? <laughs> oh, I mean, we're like, we're yeah, like I usually don't like know. The, the friendship yeah, John... bracelet that has the heart that kind of like you have to be together for it. To oh make yeah, sense. we could just do that. Why don't you do the thing where you each pick someone else's? Tattoo. Oh yeah. Oh no. Tattoo <laughs> roulette. I'm not letting Johnny pick mine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you're both getting skulls that are heart-shaped eyes. With a pencil but stabbed through the top. Johnny know. doesn't I'm pick out his t- tattoos until he gets there, and I'm—I mean, I'm kind of an obsessive planner before that. Let alone like getting permanent ink into my body. So, I—I <laughs> I can't. I can't operate on, like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually like that. But um, after my first tattoo, it was like, you know what? Like there it is. So yeah. let's do well, it. <laughs> Tim and I are are behind you a little bit there. So we, we well. Have to catch you. You know, it helps if you have a um a tattoo artist who you really trust. Like I can show up with an idea and I know Hunter's gonna do something awesome. Yeah. So without, <laughs> without that, I might not have those get have the guts to do that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, it'll be awesome, whatever it happens. Yeah, yeah. Painful. <laughs> Painful. So, so, so let's get back to the Tennessee Red. Yeah. yeah. Um if uh in as much as you are able and willing to say, um, what role did, did the two of you play in the release of the Tennessee Red? Um, can you talk about any of the decisions that went into making that pencil a reality, but, yeah. or was it in production before, like before you started revamping it, revamping the brand? Yeah. I, yeah. I wish we could take claim of like, Hey guys, you know, it would be a great idea. But, um, <laughs> I think I had, I, I went, I, you know, I go, I try to get down the factory as much as I can. It's just an hour drive. And, um, 
Henry had been talking about it and it was something the board had been wanting to make. So, you know, it, the buy-in was at the highest levels of like, oh, this would be a really cool pencil to produce. And um, we were just calling it the Tennessee Red Cedar Pencil. Sounds like such a mouthful to like casually call it that in a meeting. You know, we got these Tennessee Red Cedar Pencils. And and so that's where I think we, the name just, I think that pencil named itself. Because I'm like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I called it that or if Henry did. I remember we definitely were like, well, let's not put a number on it. I don't think it needs a number. It's so different. It's going to be so cool. So we'll call it the Tennessee Red. Um, and so from, yeah, from that perspective, Henry was really, as far as like the, all the decisions of the component parts really for Henry. And, and that probably is why the pencil is so great. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's been there for a long, long time. And, um, so our work was, you know, to create the imprint design and have a couple different iterations that we showed him and get his feedback. And Tim, you can talk a little bit more about that process. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the name was pretty much settled on when you guys had talked about it and it was immediately clear to me that that was cool sounding. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so my initial, you know, challenge was just make the imprint and, uh, coming from a graphic design background, designing in that tiniest of spaces is a huge challenge. And so we, you know, went through several iterations of what that could be like and, you know, were there three stars or were the, where were they and where was the Musgrave? And it was like, I mean, we might have done 30 different, you know, iterations of what the design could look like. And then is it going to be shiny foil? Is it going to be matte? You know, what what are all the details? So it was really fun to kind of play with um, getting into all those details and then, you know, ultimately settling on something that everybody was uh, excited about. And then designing the box was also uh, like I mean, I just love that part of it, too, because packaging is like the dream for any graphic designer. And so just echoing the Tennessee red, um, the design on the pencil, but then with using the red paper to create the box with white oh, printing yeah. on it is just like it was all just super fun for me to, to dig into. So, I bet. yeah, it was, and it was fun, like um, one one detail I think is kind of fun is we did. So we did the smaller version, which some of you guys have seen the first prototype with the shiny red foil i sent you guys Mm -hmm. um and when we ran it through henry was like this is hard to read um it is really small you know the t's big and the rest is small and so we came home and then i i just remember saying to tim like let's look at how do they do on the harvest and sure enough on the harvest pencil the h is capital but the the rest of the harvest is lowercase but almost the same size um so we looked to the harvest when we made that final tweak on the Tennessee Red to pull up the the NSE. Um, and it looks really good, though. It looks so good. And so it was fun to, to me to kind of have that last tweak come from a, one of our other great pencils. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. awesome. Yeah. And I think I, I, I showed Caroline Weaver, I think, early on, maybe a few of the versions, got her feedback from a retail perspective. Is It was kind of our, one of our first retail ready pencils and obviously she's so smart and knowledgeable and wonderful and such a kind person to be able to reach out to and so I know she you know gave me a little, some feedback as well and that was really helpful mm. so um this, this is maybe a personal question you guys have two really 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 cute kids and like <laughs> I have cute kids so I know from cute kids um what kind of kids uh, pencils do your kids like are they like swamped in Musgrave pencils or do they have 
you know, their own stashes of black wings. Uh, I recently um, dug up a big box of old colored pencils from when I was in college. So they've been using those like a lot. Nice Prisma colors. Like it's a nice yeah. set. Oh, wow. So they're yeah. tearing through those and um, they will write. They don't discriminate. They will write with anything on everything. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tiny, tiny frescoes are all over our house. <laughs> um, but they're, yeah, so they're little. They're three and four. So. They, yeah, they write, they write on everything with everything. Um, and, um, they, it's funny cause they don't call them Musgrave pencils. <laughs> they call them Henry pencils. Henry. <laughs> they love Henry. Kind of That's association. Awesome. Yes. It's kind of funny. Um, because I had gotten picked up June from school and they had given them a box of pencils and they were, they were made in China. They were not American made pencils. And I was like, uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to have these. Yeah. She's like, why can we? She was so proud of this box. I should have been more sensitive. I mean, she's four. <laughs> and she got a free box of pencils at school. And I was like, yeah, well, these can't be in our house, honey. And um, <laughs> and she was like, why do we only have to have Henry pencils? <laughs> yeah, really you should, shouldn't should have just <laughs> flung them out the window on the drive home like you did. <laughs> yeah. Garbage. I did, I did. Garbage. I, I, yeah, I have like a little giveaway for some other things for another school. And I did put them in there. Right I said I'm a purist at the house, but I, I, have, I will say I have noticed, like now that our kids are doing a lot more art, um, and I don't know if this is this way for you guys, but the tops of markers are like my nemesis in the house. It's like put the top back on the marker. Um, so I am noticing, like, oh wow, with colored pencils, it's a lot less waste. You know, I mean, they last forever, and it feels way more green to me. So I am trying to make sure that they mostly use colored pencils when they're when they're playing and drawing oh that's great yeah. rosie just got some um scented markers so she has a 10 color marker mustache from smelling them and touching her face <laughs> we took her to the dentist i'm like please please don't get upset about the ink all over her face <laughs> but i'm trying lyle, to get her to use oh, colored pencils lyle actually just uh markered a beard onto her face yesterday so that was a, <laughs> okay. a first what color is like daddy. it was like a like maroon she's like a maroon beard and she got like oh, halfway nice. up the sides of her face but she got a lot done so <laughs> <She's> efficient <Yeah. laughs> so um if you can say are you guys willing to share um anything that is coming up at musgrave uh, like what's next in the in the process of don't worry nobody musgrave. listens to the show so <laughs> yeah. nobody revamp well we we might have an apparel item, um, which we we're gonna getting a prototype and um, maybe it's a and, t-shirt that's red. No, <laughs> Ooh. no. Oh that's my god, that, that red t-shirt is on you. Can we you can do get that, that tonight? We can knock that out. Yeah, soon. you gotta do it right now. <laughs> He's making a to do. He's making a to do. Get that. Get that, that red t-shirt. It's a different a different uh, apparel thing um and i'm going to try to, to pre-sell it um to make sure there's enough interest for it but i think it's going to be really awesome so i feel like i can talk about that because that's not a pencil thing yeah. um that's more of just an exciting kind of promo item um, but i'm i've i've been asking for it like i feel like a, a little kid that's like dad can i have a pony i'm like can we can <laughs> we please do this please every time i have a meeting i end with like and by the way can we get da 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 so I'm I'm one inching closer to to making those happen. So, well, what I hope it is is a silver sweatband that's a that's a test scoring <laughs> test scoring one hundred theme. I'd wear that okay. all the time. I would totally wear that too. And oh, so, which goodness. leads me to my next question. 
Uh, it depends on whether or not I continue to be friends with you. Uh, what, is, <laughs> what is your opinion of the test scoring 100? You can have a bad opinion of that pencil? Uh, <clears throat> apparently. I don't God. think you can, but I... That's so, so great. I mean, the first time I saw it, I will say, I was like, I got like short of breath. You're like, like, the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah, going, <laughs> going back to uh, the body keeps the score, I was like, <gasps> I must have had some kind of like test experience, like looking at this pencil and I have test anxiety anyway. But anyway, so it was like, oh, this is kind of visceral, you know, this remembering whatever school memory, but I, I love it. Yeah, it's such a, um, I don't know. It's just like, I, I really, really want to know sort of like the design process behind that barrel because it's like, it's so weird, but it's so, <laughs> it's so cool. Like they were like, okay, we're going to like coat it in silver, but we're not going to put like an undercoat on it. It's just going to be like the silver wash over this super sharp hex pencil. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't get it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, what's a nice way to say this general <laughs> pencil company, um, the other big, you know, the big, the other big old American pencil company who's uh, still around and never outsourced. Um, they were, you know, they were a little more active on social media before you two joined Musgrave, but now they're way behind for <laughs> everything. They haven't come out with anything new in a long time. Um, they did do the number one of the Cedar Point, which we appreciate. But um, if you had any messages for them about how they could get their act together, that, oh, um, no. what would that be? Oh, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I really, I, I view them as an awesome heritage brand. And you know, when I think about what we make or, or our vision, we're excited about American-made pencils. So for me, I, I think, I. I don't want to say anything negative about general because I think if anything, it's like we're, you know, we're working together. Like, Hey, buy American pencils, you know, buy something made here in the United States. So, um, I, I wouldn't, you know, that's, that's not my place to say anything. I think, <laughs> buy Ameri you know, the, I think the overall message is buy American made pencils. I mean, it, to me, it's such a small, um, price point difference, you know, than an import pencil. And it really makes a difference, makes a difference in our community in Shelbyville and, you know, people that work there that um, come every day and it provides their health insurance. And, you know, it's, it's really important. So for me, I think it's more of a message about, about really being cognizant of American made pencils. Yay. <laughs> okay. I really love, I really love generals. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I prefer their test scoring pencil. Sorry. Mm. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. The 580. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, <laughs> It would be pretty amazing if you guys collaborated on something. Wow. Oh, I can't even imagine. It'd be like Coke and Pepsi collaborating. <laughs> but just think if Coke and Pepsi collaborated, they could put Starbucks out of business. They could make something that tastes really good, has no chemicals, no calories, and all the caffeine you need. Okay. I think that's the, the direction they would take it. But it's... Yeah. All the caffeine a normal person needs. <laughs> All right. Well, before we before we let you two go, it's 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 really been a joy talking to you and hearing about this this project. But is is there anything else you guys want to talk about or bring up or mention or plug or anything like that? Oh no, I mean, I I definitely want to express gratitude for you guys. I mean, you know, early on that was part of our 
far my research is listening to a lot of old episodes and <laughs> really coming to we had a lot to learn about pencils and we've learned a lot from you guys so we want to say thank you and your community online you guys should feel really proud of it's so positive it's so she, so caring I you know I, I definitely keep my eye on posts because it it teaches me a lot about new product releases and you know it's, it's like good my market research speed of, yeah it's great market research and you know <laughs> I, I I have so much gratitude for for everybody and I know they have a lot of opinions and strong opinions and sometimes we can <laughs> sometimes we can act on things and sometimes we you know we know i see it and I, we pass that the, the feedback along um yeah. and um so i think just if anything i would want to add that to have a lot of gratitude so. yeah thank you guys so much man it's it's a blast to be on here and the community that you've built has been uh super helpful for us so we're listening, and uh, it's it's important to us. And uh, I do have to say, Andy, congratulations on that book cover. I've oh. been following uh, those heads of state guys for a long time, and yeah. that thing looks awesome. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they do an amazing job. They, they So they're kind of like the you know, in-house, not in-house, but like, you know, agency of record for Rosenfeld Media and some of their, some of their newer stuff. Um, that one and a couple of the other new covers are just like really phenomenal. So I wish I had anything to do with them with that, but <laughs> I, I'm super glad to, yeah, that, I love, I need to make that a print. I, I know. I really want print. a frame, framed print. I've yeah. Got some pencil kind of cool art pencil, you know, stuff Ooh, in, yeah. the, in the office. I'm like, oh, I want that frame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. You know that would look good as a tattoo, with uh, <laughs> that sort of like watercolor wash background thing. Yeah, I don't think I can sit through sit still through that shading. I think it's a wider nib for that. You could, uh, yeah. Right. Oh, great. No, I'm sure. No, that, that hurt. That hurts less. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean, um, Frankie needs to hold my hand when we get tattoos, and my mom did once. So, if you need to hold my hand, I won't judge you. Okay. I'm like you're probably stronger than than uh, Frankie, so that might hurt. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you for being on tonight. This is this is one we've been wanting to make for a long time. And I don't know what took us so yeah. long. Yeah, thank you so much. This is big part of your big part of your evening. Thanks for joining with us. Yeah, and can you tell our listeners where to find you both online and on social media? Yeah, um, on Instagram, I'm at Nicole Delger. You might be bored by lots of kid pics. Um, and then at NicoleDelger.com. And of course, follow Musgrave um, at Musgrave Pencil and MusgravePencil.com. And I am at T Delger on Instagram. And I post rarely, but I try to keep it uh, quality. And then um, you can see more of my work at TimDelger.com. <laughs> Is that a commentary on my Instagram? <laughs> well, it's a lot. <laughs> I try, to these damn kids. I try to curate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy and the other Tim, can you tell folks where to find you? Sure. I'm at uh, andy.wtf is my website and I'm at a, at a Wellfully on uh, Twitter and Instagram. How about you, Tim? You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. And I'm Johnny. I'm at PencilRevolution.com and on social media at Pencilution. And you can follow my weird series of posts about limited edition fatigue that I think are going to get me a lot of hate mail soon. So you can send me some nice mail. That'd be good. And we are the Erasable Podcast. We are at Erasable.us. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and your favorite podcast catcher. 
Um, you can check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash erasable podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at erasable podcast. And thank you also to our Patreon patrons um, in alphabetical order, no other particular order. Or no, this is an alphabetical order. I don't uh-huh. know what the order is. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's alphabetical order by first name. So thank you to Alex, Jonathan Brown, Ann Sype, Bobby Letzinger, Chris Jones, Chris Metzkis, Chris Ulrich, Dave McDonald, Dave Tubman, Fourth Letter, Gangster Hotline, Hans Noodleman, Jocelyn R. Myers, Jason Dill, Jay Newton, Joe Crace, John Banyan, Johnny Baker, Kathleen Rogers, Ketlin Weens, Laura, I'm sorry, Larry, Larry Grimaldi, sorry, Larry, Leslie Touze, Mary Collis, Measure Twice, Michael Delosa, Michael Hagen, Random Thinks, Sarah Hunter, Stuart Lennon, Tana Feliz, Think Travel Eat, and Thomas Eckberg Anderson. Thank you so much. Jeez, that's a lot of people. Thank you, guys. You are the best. And if you're in Baltimore or on the East Coast or on the planet Earth and willing to travel, come see us in Baltimore on the 28th, and you'll get to hear that show the following week after all of the awesome people have already seen it. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, David will turn it off.